Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow, and co-host Mark Mosher is traveling in our mobile studio today. Mark, how are you? Hey, hey, doing fantastic. Thank you. Great. Glad you could join us from the road. Um, keep the, Make sure it's hands-free because we are in Indiana, and let's make sure that uh, there's no tickets involved because those are not comped by the corporate department. Um, in our in our studio today is special guest Christy Ballard. Christy, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. It's my pleasure. That's great. Well, we're we're excited to have you. So um, let's just start from the top. Um, can you just explain to the listeners kind of who you are and what you do for a living right now? Uh, so my name is Christy Ballard, and I'm based out of Louisville, Louisville. If you're not from here, Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> and I am the Senior VP of Sales and Marketing for Solstice Senior Living. So basically what that means is I do whatever is needed to help our teams in growing uh, rental revenue and helping as many people as we possibly can. That's great. That's great. And what you guys do is is it's challenging work and there's a mission behind it. Yes, so, absolutely. So, yeah. So explain, like, how did you how did you get into that? role or even that 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 industry can you just explain this that's a loaded question well that's <laughs> what we're here for <laughs> because it's actually a, a bit of a long story but i'll try to give you a cliff note version sure we can um, break it up into pieces too however you want to discuss it as yeah well. i was gonna say that the the truth is that i had no intention of, of being in this type of industry i i was one of those people out of high school that did not know what i was going to do I ended up working five years at the motor vehicle department, renewing your car licenses, among wow. other things. And it took my manager- uh, I apologize right for yelling at you during the- <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about that. Any names, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so my manager actually wrote out my resignation, uh, made me pick a college and pull my 401k. And so here I am, uh, five years later, going to college and on a mission year-round to get my degree. And once I got my degree, it was like the sky was the limit. Uh, opportunities presented themselves, and this happened to be one of them. 
And uh, I got my first job with a company called Extended Care Health Services out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They're no longer around. They were a skilled nursing and rehab company. And then from there, uh, I became um, the Divisional Sales Marketing Director with Atria Senior Living. And that was my first taste of private pay, independent living, assisted living and memory care. Uh, was quickly promoted there and um, I guess the rest is history. And so my path has led me to Solstice Senior Living and I've been here for almost two years. So tell us about Solstice because it's got a great brand. It's it's marketed very well. Um, what, Thank you. What, can you explain it? Like explain the mission, explain how it's different than other places. I think it's important to point out it started uh, November 1st, 2017. So we are a, um, in the infant stages. We are a, a, a early company that has just formed that uh, has a lot of history behind it and experience with leadership and ownership. It's actually a joint venture between Integral Senior Living and an investment group called Colony. Uh, but everyone I work with has uh, extensive backgrounds in the business. So what's really amazing about our company is we're, we're just the right size. We're 32 independent living communities in 12 states, which makes it very manageable for us to work closely together and to ensure that what we agree are the standards and important for us to execute are consistently executed. Um, and the culture- It's quite big too. 30, I mean, 12 different states, 32 locations. 32 locations, yeah, that's, yes. That's still, that's still quite large. We do a lot, you know, Mark and I do cybersecurity and we do um, IT uh, managed services and we do a lot with assisted living facilities. That's, okay. That's a large one. You know, 32 different yeah. <laughs> locations, 12 different states, that, that usually requires a company like ours. Like that's kind of interesting because that's, that, that is a, that's a, it's interesting that you said it's very manageable. Like when I think about the <laughs> IT infrastructure and something that size, I'm like, wow, that is challenging. That's <laughs> right. Well, we all come from life. bigger corporations. And yeah, so, true. Uh, you know, yeah, our portfolios in the past have been pretty, pretty large. Yeah. Like so, the golden livings and the thing, places like that, that are just massive, right? With thousands, right, our, our, thousands and thousands of homes and like, you know, all 50 states type thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what's what's fun is that because of all of our backgrounds and experience and our culture, it's a very open line of communication. Everybody is um, able to voice their opinions openly. We're able to, to problem solve together without any fear of looking stupid or right, exactly. <laughs> having all the right answers. Um, it's a it's a very it's a culture that promotes authenticity and, and honesty and transparency. And so I think because of our culture, we've been able to accelerate our um, results and our performance because of how well we all work together. So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, because we always ask um, a couple things that, that you said were pretty interesting. And one is you didn't know what you wanted to be when you were right out of you know like right out of high school and things and we had mm -hmm. someone who heads up a whole financial firm and she's the owner and and managing partner and founder and she's kind of said the same thing she said you know i didn't even know what i wanted to do and i wound up working 
for some certified financial planners and just saw what they did and the way they did it and fell in love with it. And now, and then she bought mm -hmm. the business and now she heads it up. So it's interesting how that happens. And you here, you've rose to be uh, senior vice president. You're head up all the marketing and the brand is just fantastic. We'll have links to it below in the, in the podcast episode in, in, in the story notes. Let me ask you this. What current initiatives are you working on that you're excited about? Like, do you have a new facility opening we or are, any, any new program or what's what's making you excited right now? Well, we're focused on our 32 locations we currently have. We are not aggressively looking to grow until we know all 32 locations are exactly where we know they can be. And, uh, and so as far as initiatives we're excited about, you know, when COVID hit back in March, uh, it certainly wasn't anything any of us were excited about, but I will say what we've been passionate about is making sure that we are providing our communities and our teams with everything they possibly need. So even from a sales and marketing component, you have to think through what does the day in the life of a director of sales and marketing look like today? and what can we do to help them? What tools do they need? What training do they need to be successful in selling in today's environment? And so everything that we've been focused on has been in support of them being able to adapt to uh, what's happening today and, and be able to do their job. So a lot of this is community. That, that's a great answer. So a lot of this is community based, right? So when you're, yeah. the, when you're the head of sales and marketing and you're in headquarters, and there's a assisted living facility in wherever, Dubuque, Iowa, right? And mm -hmm. how do you help them push the brand out to that local community? Like what are, what are some of the ways that you found that's effective in doing that? In just getting our brand out from a local yeah. level? Is yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or is there an approach that the local recruiters that speak with the families, um, uh, or, you know, like I, 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 I take it this is nursing assisted living or this is this is when somebody's parent is elderly or needs, you know, either nursing care or, um, you know, is otherwise not able to live independently, right? Well, our buildings are independent. We're independent living. So we're not Got skilled it. in rehab. That was my first job. Uh, okay. And we're not assisted either. Okay. So the setup for our 32 communities, they're straight independent living. So we do provide amenities and programming like three meals a day, our vibrant life activity program. We still have a program in place. COVID is not going to stop that. Now, granted, it looks a lot different because <laughs> we sure, have CDC guidelines, precautions in place, right? Sure, sure. Uh, but we offer transport, you know, transportation and outings, and we do have. Um, a system lively mobile plus that is used if there is an emergency and most importantly we do have partnerships with home care home health agencies Got it. Okay. although the services may not be provided by a solstice employee if someone does need assistance we can certainly can make introductions and they can still get the help they need sure so you manage the process you might not be rendering the care right the exactly and, and and a lot of people tend to like that approach yeah. because it gives them a lot of flexibility to choose who they want mm -hmm. and by choosing who they want they have a variety of different uh schedule of fees and, and service 
setups that they can choose from. So they tend to like to have, you know, a say in how that's structured. And, you know, that certainly works in our favor that people like that uh, opportunity to choose. Now, in regards to our branding, since we are straight independent living, um, I kind of feel like my marketing agency and I are like the Oz behind the curtain <laughs> because right. a lot of things involved, right? I mean, you have Google reviews and you've got reputation management overall, you've got advertising, you have keyword searches and you've got your websites and chat bots and referral agencies and Facebook, social media. Um, there's just so many different things behind the scenes that we have to make sure are locked and loaded, so to speak, and ready to go. Um, and then on the front line with the communities and the support team, they're taking any promotional materials we've created and we do have what's called a marketplace, you know, so it's easy to download and print whatever, you know, we've come up with for that month or that quarter. And then it's up to them to carry through with, you know, if they're emailing it uh, with an email campaign or if they're using it, you know, as a personalized attachment with an email to one person or if they're using it with their referral sources on a professional level with their outreach. Um, we do uh, special drops, like we call them porch visits, where they'll take some of our materials and maybe what we call a quarantine kit <laughs> and take it to someone's home and drop it off on their porch and call them from a distance and, you know, have them come to their door and make introductions with one another face to face as best as we can. Um, you know, we do a grassroots marketing campaign as well. And that's what I was asking about. Are, yeah, that's yeah, what the, I was asking about. Like in the local communities, are you yeah, going the, to like media buys where you're buying radio, television ads? In some. Are you, or are you really mm -hmm. focused on grassroots kind of in the communities? Gra I would say a combination between grassroots marketing and there are pocket areas that we're doing even like a podcast series. Ah, okay. uh, we've heard of those. Yeah. <laughs> Very effective. And, uh, yeah, so you have some experience with that and and radio. Yeah, we, we do have some markets where we're doing that as well. So that's excellent. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. um, when you were younger, uh, were there any life events or people that inspired you to kind of do what you wound up doing? Yes, absolutely. So Beverly Carmen was the woman I mentioned earlier that uh, saw I wasn't making any plans to go to college and said, you're going to do this. And I forgot to mention uh, what, what got her to the point of doing that was I had just about a, seven months prior applied to be on the Louisville City Police Department. And it's a pretty extensive, I wanted to be a homicide detective. So I guess I did have an inkling of what I wanted to do, but it didn't oh, I go. I love that. That's really it didn't, cool. it didn't go my way. Um, I, seven months, I mean, they put you through a lot. Oh, and yeah. Seven months of going through testing, psychological evaluations and everything else. Um, I made it from about 350 candidates to the final 60, but I didn't get picked for the final 30 and I was devastated. And she came to me and that's when she did what she did. And so Beverly Carmen definitely was huge in my life. Also, when I committed to going to college full time, uh, my marketing uh, teacher 
Rita Shords. Uh, she gave me encouragement. She bought my books without me knowing it. I, I paid for my own college, and one of the years I didn't have enough money for my books. So I got a call from the front desk that um, someone had left something for me and I get there and it was my books and they said that they wouldn't disclose who it was but that the person had committed to paying for my books for the whole year. I knew it was her but you know she was an angel <laughs> and um, and then I've had a lot of different people in my life that have more experience than me and have learned the hard way what works and what doesn't and it's been very important to me to have them in my life. Uh, and I could name off a lot of people. Um, Bob Yetzi, who was uh, an executive at Borden Oil Gas and Food Mart, uh, he was huge in my life. Uh, Rhonda Simmons, who's at Trilogy Health Services, she's the senior VP of customer service. And my current COO, Steve Flint, who came from Brookdale and he just joined us this year. I've been very fortunate that these people have taken an interest in me and I've listened for the most part. <laughs> That's fantastic. I absolutely yeah. love hearing that. So that's, so I love, you know, when, when people have paid for their own school, they really mm -hmm. value it, right? Mine was a hybrid, you know, my family helped me out a little bit, but then they didn't, you know, my parents had never gone to school, they had never gone to college. So neither half, did mine. <laughs> yeah. Halfway. And they didn't like, there was no, like today my kids are like, you know, Hey, will you help me with FAFSA? I'm like, there was no FAFSA when I was in college. I don't know what it is. Like I have to <laughs> figure this out. We got to get online. We got to do all this stuff. I'm like, I just went down to the bank and I'm like, Hey, I'm a kid. I got into a college, show them the letter. I'm like, how do I pay for this? Like nobody was showing me what to do. And so mm -hmm. you, when you're doing it yourself, you just kind of clunky in a clunky manner. You kind of just move your way through the process with the end goal being I'm starting in the fall and I'm going to be there. Right. And right. So kind of do whatever it takes. Um, so I love hearing that. Um, so that's good that you had, I love the story. Can you just elaborate a little bit? She, the one mentor, what was her name? Who helped you write your resignation letter? Can you tell us a little bit about that? that? Beverly Carmen. Yeah, Beverly Carmen. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Did she walk up and she said, girl, you are going to school. <laughs> Help you write your resignation letter. How did that so go? both of both of her sons were uh, police officers, and so ah, she okay. was very you know supportive when I applied and went through the process of that. And when I didn't get it, um, she was concerned that I was going to give up. She had been working at the government center at that specific branch for 22 years, mm -hmm. and it took her 20 years to get promoted from a clerk to a manager. Oh my. Okay. Wow. And um, yeah, and just to put this in perspective, uh, so this is like back in the 90s and I made like $6.25 an hour. Yeah. So, well, it's the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? The Bureau of Motor yeah. So I mean- Yeah, and, so and my hat goes path, off so to what you're telling because- what, what you're telling us and the listeners is the career path moves as fast as the service at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> that's what you're telling us all. Now right? that's, kind of, that's pretty funny. <laughs> So, I mean, like, that's like, I was, you know, because I recently yeah. went to Indiana a couple of years back and I was transferring my licenses from Ohio and everything. And I'm like, it was like a whole day. It was like a whole process. Yeah. Literally, they just got there and they just ran the check and they did it and they got the thing and took a picture. It's, and it's a like, tough literally, I had to take a day off. Job. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a tough job. A lot. It, you could tell. Like, you, you could tell so, it's not an easy job. 
at all. Uh, Beverly called me into her office and just told me to sign a piece of paper. And I did without even looking at it because uh, that's just the kind of relationship, you know, yeah, you want me to sign it, I'll sign it, you know. Right, right. So she's like, you do realize that's your 30 day resignation. <laughs> and I was, I, I was like, what? So she just told me that she felt like I could do so much more and she would not be okay with just sitting by and not saying something to me. So I was pretty overwhelmed because I was, you know, didn't have any money um, and wasn't even sure what that would look like. But she walked me through every step of it because she sent both of her uh, sons to college and she was instrumental. I mean, it completely changed my entire life. That's great. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, we all want that almost guardian angel looking out for us. You know, yes. um, my, my, <laughs> My dad always wanted, I grew up in a family of three boys and I was the youngest and he always wanted a lawyer and my older two brothers didn't do it. They were smart guys, but they just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Other things in mind. So with me, he was like, you're the one. And I'm like, I don't want to be a lawyer. And he's like, well, you're going to do it. And so I was kind of pushed into doing it. And, and it's, you know, I did it for a little while and then I still wanted to, trivia. you know, my experience, everybody's different, right? But my experience with being a lawyer was to take businesses down. And I grew up with a dad who grew up with nothing and then built a okay. large business, but he built a brand and he built a large business and he employed hundreds of people. And, and I didn't want to be part of anything that would take that down. Right. And mm -hmm. so after, and he passed away shortly within two years of me getting and passing the bar as a lawyer. So no sooner did, did I accomplish that for him, he passed away. And so for me, wow. I never really had that guiding force, um, but it was made up by other people. It was made up by colleagues, people in the community. It was made up by some of my dad's friends. It was some of my dad's right. friends that kind of took me under the wing. They were like, this is what he would have told you to do, like that type of thing. And it was really, you, you've got to ask for help though. You've got to ask mm -hmm. to be, and I think that's, that's a really good lesson that, that I learned. Um, I, I failed to mention, and, and I just need to say this, my mother too is a huge influence in uh, my life and my decisions and my success. And my mother got pregnant with me in high school, dropped out uh, her senior year and ended up going back, getting her GED, got her associate's degree, was a single mother. So in my family, um, and my great-grandmother, who was born February 14, 1900, her name was Leela Valentine. I was very close to her until she passed. My grandmother, uh, Anita Horseman, uh, I was very close to her as well. So I had these three very strong, fiercely independent women in my life <laughs> that That's just excellent. made things happen. Right. So um, I have a strong sense of perseverance uh, and just figuring it out, like you just said, you know, you, you, you know, sometimes you just have to keep working at things until you figure it out. And I do believe that we've done a good job of that collectively as a team at Solstice. There's a lot of us that have that uh, attitude about things. I love hearing that about that brand, about Solstice. So that's mm -hmm. great. So now is a perfect time for us to take a break and let's play some trivia, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen.
Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely, the rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless, but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Okay, great. So, um, okay, welcome to Brand Culture Trivia. I'm your host, David Morrow, and the, today's contestant is going to be Christy Ballard against, who's our celebrated guest, against Mark Mosher, our mobile host today. He's our mobile co-host. So we are going to uh, start with question number one. Are you guys ready? Yes. Ready. Answer as fast as you can. Answer as many answers as you want. Merchandise 7X. Merchandise 7X is the secret ingredient in what soft drink? Ooh. Pepsi. uh, Mountain Dew. Sprite, Big Red. Dr. uh, Pepper. Merchandise (laughs) 7X. RC. (laughs) Yellow, yellow. Grape drink. Grape drink. (laughs) Grape drink. I, I, can't I, I keep wanting to say special K, but there's not a thing called special K. Yeah, no, not not legally, and not okay. the uh, not the uh, not the um, not the uh, not across the shelf. No, not warm. Oh my I'm gosh! Anyway, um, okay, so nobody got that point. A merchandise Seven X is the secret ingredient in Coca Cola. Oh Ow. Nice Didn't I say sure Coke? Well, I'm pretty that. sure she said that. But I said Pepsi. And, Pepsi. And, and Why I would, would I do that? that? I like Coke better. I would give you that point, but I think that all my friends that work for Pepsi would be livid with me if I gave you right. that. <laughs> right. So, that may not go over well. Right, exactly. So, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, what car was famously discussed in Ralph Nader's book, and has been deemed unsafe at any speed. What car produced by oh my American gosh. company? Do you have to say the model or just the brand? Any, anything. I'll take anything at this point. Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Oldsmobile. Tesla. No, Mercedes. Teslas, are not undang- and Teslas are not dangerous. Oh. Prius. At, it's dangerous at what now? <laughs> at every speed. That's what at it was. Every deemed. speed. Yeah, it was. It was deemed in Ralph uh, Nader's book unsafe at any speed. Okay, I'm gonna hold on to that point too. It is the Chevy Corvair. Remember that Corvair. rocket? Yeah, it's like a school rocket. Really, okay, really. Did cool. I say Chevy? Uh, but you didn't say Corvair, so I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> we we hold we hold we we make people earn it here. Like, okay. Chris, okay. Let me explain. Let me explain something, Kristen. There's sixteen thousand four hundred and sixty-four Brandology bucks on the line here. This is something that everybody's got to earn. <laughs> very very important. That's a lot of Brandology bucks. 
Okay, here we're gonna we're gonna um, uh, change it up a little bit. How's this? Who is the mascot for Fruit Loops? Who is the mascot or whatever they call that bird? The leprechaun. Oh, no! Fruit Loops is the bird. It's the bird. PK. What they call it with the big nose. (laughs) Why do I keep calling it a pecan? That's a nut. Toucan Sam. Toucan hint. Toucan Sam. You got it. All right. Christy has one point. I kept calling Good it. job. Zero. Good job. He has one point. Mark has zero. Okay. How about this? What color was the original iPod? What color was the original iPod? Dear God, you guys Green? don't have any colors to guess from. Just Silver, white, black? Just start naming. Rose gold. What color was the original iPod? Blue? Rose gold. White? Yes. You got that. Legit. You got that. <laughs> Christy is up uh, ahead of Mark two to zero. Mark, if you had a thousand times more points, she'd still be winning. <laughs> okay. Uh, what cereal claims to be the breakfast of champions? Oh, Wheaties. All right. Cereals. You win. You win. Way to go. Yeah. I mean, Mark, I could blame being mobile on that. Really? I, I think that's what it was. I think had you been in yeah. the studio, you would have won that one for sure. Yeah, the, the reception in the mobile studio is just not, right. not fair. Yeah, I agree. I think he was just <laughs> off his game because his, his answers were phenomenal. Like grape soda, like that's that right. was a really good, because that's a big brand, the grape soda. Like, that's a good Let's one. just say you don't want me as your trivia partner. Well, no, I don't want Mark as my <laughs> trivia partner. Let's just say that, so that's good. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about an upcoming episode with author Dr. Rosie Ward. She's a nationally recognized author. She's an entrepreneur, founder of Salveo Partners, and she's going to discuss with us culture change and leading from any position, regardless of title. She has a new book out called Rehumanizing the Workplace. We're going to explore that. We're going to talk about things about being able to lead even in a remote workforce, um, dealing with micromanagers, as well as uh, how introverts can lead. It's a remarkable episode, and we guarantee that you will absolutely find great value in it. So please don't miss it. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Now back to our episode. Okay, so let's get back to the interview. Um, let me ask you this. What's the what's the future looking like for you and for your organization? Now, what's, you know, what in three years, what's kind mm-hmm. of the plan? Well, absolutely. Basically, assuming COVID goes away soon, right? Let's just make that assumption. Okay. So I would say that what we're striving for is consistency in excellent customer service, whether it's outside or inside (laughs) our communities. And that has a lot of components to it. Uh, So we're dissecting from every angle, every role, Um, but where it all begins is with leadership. So uh, a lot of what we've put into to help us in reaching our goals over the next three years is training. Training and development is the key. That's uh, so we've broken that out into what that looks like and how that complements our other strategies. And we're scaling, you know, anything we do will be scaled based on those key components. 
Hey everyone, Mark and I would like to invite you to listen in on our two bonus episodes, a two-part series on the rise and fall of one of the world's most iconic brands. One man's vision where he recognizes the baby boom even before it was a term that was used. He grew an international business that was worth billions of dollars. In just a few years, it is liquidated in bankruptcy. It's not what you think. It's not due to e-commerce or anything like Amazon or other large retailers. Come listen and find out. We promise you won't be disappointed when we discuss the rise and fall of Toys R Us. So you talked earlier about culture. Thank you for that answer, actually. That was very good. Um, You talked earlier about culture, and I want to ask you about leadership because you were inspired by strong female leaders, and we have had a series of very strong female leaders, and we are, Mm -hmm. and and young, and young leaders, and Mark and I look at each other as older males going, man, we do not have the fire, nor the, nor did we accomplish much in our lives. Like compared to like all the people that we're interviewing, it's fascinating to have both of us. Um, how do you guys promote leaders, um, even if they're not in a title of leadership? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Uh, we focused at our last executive director conference in January pre-COVID, <laughs> Uh, the sales and marketing segment, I was blessed with having um, a few hours with all of our leaders together in one room pre-COVID. And it was actually based on a book from Franklin Covey called Leading Loyalty. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with it. That's a great book. Have, are you familiar with that? Yeah, that's a great okay, book. So I bring, I bring that book up because it really does a great job of, of, of helping people do just what you asked. And that is empowering everyone, regardless of your role, your title, your tenure, or anything else. You know, how can we empower every single employee to be a leader? And, uh, and so that was our sales session that we had. And what we've done is executed and implemented those huddles. There's 11 huddles that are meant to be done in 15 minutes or less with all staff, not just your managers, but all staff. It could be housekeepers, dishwashers, cooks, anyone who is an employee. And we have a topic. Each huddle has its own topic and we rotate who leads the huddle. So it's not just an executive director or a sales and marketing director that's leading a huddle. It could be any of our staff that takes that on. Uh, And it was awesome because it it gives you like a little short template of what the questions are to ask, what pages to read. And it's easy. It's so easy to do. And it's really fun to watch people embrace that, uh, bring to the table their own ideas and have discussion. We encourage open discussion um, with our teams. And this has been a great tool in getting that going. And so the book basically points out that there is a difference between what we call true loyalty versus loyalty of convenience, okay? So if you, so you know, if you read the book, you know, loyalty of convenience may be that 
you know, you have a, a, the ideal location or you've got the right size apartments or you're giving a big enough discount or whatever it may be that is like kind of a quick fix item that's making that person satisfied in that moment, okay? But when you take the time to nurture relationships, relationship building is important at every, you know, with every interaction, whether it's just, you know, you're helping a resident, you're helping a prospect, you're helping an employee. It's important to establish relationships with everyone and by gaining, by building that relationship, you gain trust and you get to truly hear what they need. And people want to be heard. If it's an employee, they want to be heard. If it's a customer, they want to be heard, right? Absolutely. If it's a resident or a family member, they want to be heard. Right. So and I really listening, not love... just hearing them, not just hearing them and right. nodding. I always use the example, and frankly, I, I need to get better at it myself in my, <laughs> in my personal life. But I always use the example of the the iPhone, right? Or the Samsung phone or whatever, the mobile phone. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to someone and you have that phone in front of them, right? And you still are holding it. You are telling the person that you're speaking to that you're not as important as what I might be looking at, right? Mm -hmm. And so right. when I ask somebody, when I'm talking to one of my engineers or my sales team, I, and I don't just put the phone on the table at lunch and be like, oh, or, or the phone rings and I'm like, well, I'm not going to take that. It's like, oh, you're so magnanimous for doing that. Thanks for not being completely rude to us. Like really the, the thing is, is I totally put it away and we'll just look at them and just say, so tell me what's going on. And that right. way I am like listening, I'm taking notes, I'm paying attention because when that device is out and it's, and it's something that, you know, it, at my age, I'm, it's still relatively new in the sense that when I was 10, it wasn't around. When I was 20, it wasn't around um, to, to a large degree. But it's still the thing that um, it really disrupts a lot of family relationships. It disrupts a lot of business relationships. Right. And business is about people. Like 100% yes. of every business has people. And it's all like, yes. it, when you think about a large corporation, oh, that's a large corporation. It's a big, bad national corporation. No, it's still a bunch of people. It's it's usually a smaller group of people that are making the decisions that just get spread out wide. And so when we're talking and we're getting feedback from them, we want them to be able to lead. And when we talk to younger people, um, especially millennials and Gen Z, I'm always, especially like in projects and temporary mm -hmm. parks, I'm always like, please speak up because two things happen if you don't, right? First, you're assuming that we won't take your advice and that we won't change the complete trajectory of the project, right? We very well might, and I've seen it happen many times. And secondly, if you don't speak up and voice your opinion, if you don't think you have self-worth, you don't think that your opinion matters, first of all, it absolutely does. Second of all, if you, if you don't speak up, then you don't get to complain when we screw up. Because if you saw us <laughs> right. heading for the wall about to crash and you just didn't speak up, you don't get to be like, well, you know, I knew they were going to crash. Like that's, that's not, that's not fair to us either. You know what I mean? Like we want yes. to give everybody a chance to lead because it's all one team. Like it generally, yes. like when it generally is a good culture and you, genuinely it is all one team, then please speak up because it's for the betterment of the whole. It's not just for you, but 
you benefit because when you do that, then you're viewed as a leader and your, your role, you get promoted, your mm -hmm. role is enhanced. Um, and, and other things that you'll say for months and years after that, people will start to listen. We also spotlight our employees. Oh, uh, great. Go to our Facebook pages. Each Solstice Senior Living Community has their own Facebook page and they will post each of their department heads, their managers, and then the next round we're, we're going to be spotlighting all of our staff. So the goal is that every employee gets their spotlight with their picture and their bio on our so social media pages. Uh, we're also getting ready to put photos on our name tags. Uh, I saw an article not long ago and with wearing masks, we're just trying to be cautious that there can still be this personal touch with our interactions. If, you know, physically that's not happening, so to speak, because of social distancing, but uh, we want them to be able to see our face and be safe. So if, you know, when we're wearing masks, we are um, thinking if we have our photo uh, on our name tag, then it'll help people to be able to know, you know, to just personalize the interaction. I mean, they know who we are, but, right. no, but to, have but to personalize the interaction. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's a great idea. That's a great so idea. we are, uh, we just priced everything out. We're getting ready to launch that and that's exciting. But just the biggest part I can tell you about leadership is with our communities is that we are um, having all staff meetings no less than once a month. We're having stand-up meetings daily. And the communication between our um, employees and, and their management and between the communities and the support center is just rock solid. I mean, it's the strongest lines of communication I've been a part of in my whole career. And that's a huge part of why I, we're, I think, being very successful. That's great. That's excellent, mm -hmm. Christine. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment and share a few words about our friends at Solstice Senior Living. They have an unmatched service provided for seniors who want to live independently. They're dedicated to providing opportunities for seniors to live exciting, adventurous, and social lifestyles with great amenities and services. They have signature programs, elite dining services, and they ensure an independent lifestyle like no other in each of their 32 communities across the country. If you or a loved one is looking for an independent living community that supports residents in living a vibrant life on their own terms, visit solsticesseniorliving.com or give them a call at 760-547-2864 and tell them Brandology Podcast brought you there. And now back to our episode. You know, um, it's interesting that you mentioned about spotlighting the employees. It's the old employee of the month plaque that people would get. Oh, yeah. Like that, right? I mean, right. I didn't think about that, but yeah. yeah that's the equivalent. <laughs> so for everybody that listens to podcasts, which are generally people much younger than me, um, it's usually like there used to be employee of the month, right? They would, they would have a celebration, have a lunch or something, and somebody that went above and beyond the standards, right? Mm -hmm. They set standards for excellence. The people that went above and beyond would be recognized company-wide and they would receive a plaque and they, their name would be on the plaque. And psychologically, and the data supports it, 
that that in and of itself improves production. It produce it improves productivity. It improves morale. It has a very positive impact on culture. And you know, right around the '90s, people started to go get away from that. Um, but it's uh, now it's come back in in its digital form, and that's really good to hear. Um, let me ask you this: as we wrap up, and we're just about done here, and we thank mm-hmm. you for your time. What did you want to be when you grew up? We always like asking that. With little, I wanted to be an astronaut. Then I became a teenager and saw Top Gun and wanted to be a fighter jet pilot. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, like I said, when I got, you know, became an adult, out, you know, uh, after leaving home and graduating high school, then that's when I wanted to be a police officer. So. That was excellent. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That is, that is a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it was nice to meet you too. And thank you for the opportunity. Thanks so much. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, Unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, Thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe, turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 